Naomi, my name is AJ, and uh, for the last, well, for four years, my family and I, we've been serving as missionaries in Japan. Um, so my wife, Avon, and then I have a, a ten, ten and a half month old baby, Andrew Jun is his name. Uh, but such a joy to be uh, with you, and uh, I hope you're ready to jump into God's Word together. Um, we're going to go to the Old Testament. If you have your Bible, you can go there. Otherwise, it will come up on the screen. We're going to uh, the book of Jeremiah, chapter 1. And uh, I'm going to read um, the first eight, chap- first eight, not chapters, first eight verses of uh, Jeremiah, chapter 1. This is God's Word. The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, one of the priests who were in Anathoth, in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the thirteenth year of his reign. It came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, and until the end of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the captivity of Jerusalem in the fifth month. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak, for I'm only a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am only a youth. For to all to whom I send you, you shall go, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. There's a photo I want you to look at. Um, Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet, and uh, the great Renaissance artist Michelangelo painted this uh, picture of Jeremiah on the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. And uh, what do you think when you look at him? Doesn't look so Ayoba, right? He looks like a guy that's really struggling. And uh, he was called to be a prophet. So he was called to preach God's word, which he did for 40 years, preaching the word of God to people who didn't want to hear the message. And so during his ministry, he was persecuted. He was weighed down, like you see in the photo, weighed down by the sins of the people, cried out to God because he was surrounded by people who had abandoned God, and he could see them reap the consequences for their actions. In verses 1 to 3, we get a bit of an introduction. Um, We're going to go into a little bit of history here, if that's okay. I think just a little bit, don't want to bore you with too much, but... It's important to just do a little bit of that to understand the kind of situation Jeremiah was in. So he was the son of a priest and was born in the village of Anathoth, a village just outside of Jerusalem. And it says that the word of the Lord came to him when Josiah had been reigning as king for 13 years. Now, Josiah's grandfather was a guy, was a king, his name was Manasseh, and he ruled in Jerusalem for 55 years, and he was famous for all the wrong reasons. Uh, he was a bad dude. So he burned copies of the Bible. He set up um, idols for people to worship for 55 years. His son, Ammon, 
who came after him was just as evil. In fact, he was so evil that uh, after two years, they, people came, they assassinated him, took him out. And after that, people got angry at those who assassinated him and they chased after them and they killed the killers. And they appointed Ammon's eight-year-old son as king over Israel. Imagine that, you're eight years old and you're the, the king of Israel. And so what I want you to see here is that Jeremiah was born and grew up during a time of real moral and spiritual crisis. He was surrounded by a culture that has gone wayward. People weren't honoring God with their lives. The people were not serving God like they were supposed to. And I think that many of you would probably say the same thing of the world that we live in today. We're living in a world that is becoming increasingly anti-Bible, anti-God. We're living in hard times, spiritually speaking. People don't know what to believe anymore. People don't know right from wrong anymore. And so it takes a lot of courage to stand up these days and to tell people that I believe that the Bible is God's Word and I want to live my life uh, to please the Lord Jesus. I want to live for Him. I want to be faithful to Him. We should live according to God's Word. To, to, to do that these days is a really hard thing to do. It's hard to be a Christian who actively pursues faithfulness to the Lord Jesus. And Jeremiah grew up in the same kind of spiritually, the same kind of spiritually dark environment as we are today. And when he was still a teenager, right? So the same age as most of you, when he was still a teenager, God's word came to him, verse 4. Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, and so here's God speaking to Jeremiah. He says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. So basically God tells Jeremiah, Jeremiah, I know you. I have a purpose for your life to take my word to the nations. I mean, that's wow. Like those millions and billions of people, Jeremiah, I'm calling you to go to the nations. That's an amazing calling, especially when you think that he was a teenager. And so how does this teenager, Jeremiah, respond? What words do you use when your mom or your dad asks you to do something right when you're in the middle of doing something else? You're busy typing a very important WhatsApp message, like very important conversation typing. Or you like reading a really interesting book or something like that, and then your mom or dad says, hey, like your room is not going to clean itself, or dishes aren't going to clean themselves. I don't know why they always say that, like it's dirt, it's not going to clean itself, but that's always the line they use, right? They say, go and do it right now, and you say, ah, ma, or ah, dad, can't you see I'm busy with something important here? And so we give an excuse. <laughs> and those are the kind of words that Jeremiah starts with. He says, ah, Lord God. And here comes the excuse. I don't know how to speak, for I am a youth. And so the word of God comes to Jeremiah, and immediately Jeremiah feels disappointed. Lord, why me? 
Don't you know that I'm too young? No one's going to listen to me. Surely, God, surely, God, there must be someone out there who's better than me. So when Jeremiah argues with God and says, I am only a youth, he's saying, God, I'm too inexperienced. I'm too powerless. I am nothing special. That's what Jeremiah thinks of himself. He sees himself as weak. I used to think of myself like this as well. These are some of the thoughts that I used to have about myself. When I was in high school, I was really bullied quite badly. And uh, I thought that I was a loser because every day that's what everyone said that I was. I thought that no one's going to want to marry me because everyone says I'm such a loser. I didn't get good grades, and so I thought I'm not really going to amount to much in life. There were times in my Christian walk where I wasn't really walking faithfully as I should have, and I thought there's no way that I can be a pastor or a Christian leader. I thought that being a missionary is for those really outstanding, spectacular Christians not for people like me. You ever think like that? Thoughts like Jeremiah? Thoughts like me? I want you to remember tonight and see tonight that the most important thing is not how you see yourself or what you think of yourself. The most important thing is what God thinks of you. And that was exactly like that for Jeremiah too. He had certain thoughts about himself, but God's thoughts were different. God's perspective is different. Look how God sees Jeremiah. Verse 5, he says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. And so God saw Jeremiah's life before he was born. God knows Jeremiah more than he knows himself. God knows that he has weaknesses. God knows that he's not the most courageous guy. God knows he's not the most confident guy. God knows that he's young. God knows that he's inexperienced. God knows those things, but still he chooses Jeremiah. And so Jeremiah, don't say you're too young because God says, I already know that. And because I am the one who chose you, that's the most important thing. Not how you see yourself, but how I see you. Not what you can do, but what I can do through you. So God knows Jeremiah. God chose Jeremiah. And one more thing we see is that God sends him. Verse 6. Do not say I'm only a youth, for to all whom I send you, you shall go. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. So I find this verse kind of interesting because it implies that there's going to be danger, right? You don't, sell, you don't say to someone, don't be afraid, unless there's something to be afraid of, right? So if someone comes to me and says to me, hey, AJ, don't be scared, I'm like, I'm like more scared now because what is it that I'm not supposed to be scared of? What is it I'm not supposed to be afraid of? And so what is it that Jeremiah is not to be afraid of? God said, What? Do not be afraid of them. In other words, don't be afraid of people. Don't be afraid of what people call you, what, how people treat you, what they think of you. 
And so God is being very honest with Jeremiah. He's saying to him, this mission that I'm going to send you on is a difficult mission. There will be people who respond negatively to the message I'm sending you to give. And so therefore, you need to remember, Jeremiah, that I am the one sending you, and you don't have to be afraid because you're not going alone. I will be with you to help you, to deliver you. And so when it comes to serving God, these days, these days as well, when it comes to serving God, the three most important things that we have to remember is that God knows us, He chose us, and He goes with us. And if it wasn't for this truth, I would never have survived four years in Japan. Because there were days where I felt... God, what am I doing here? Times where I felt like I was a failure. Times where I was afraid to speak because I thought my Japanese just wasn't good enough. Made lots of embarrassing mistakes. Times where I wasn't, very, I wasn't treated very nicely because of being a foreigner. Times where I felt like giving up. But this is the truth that kept me there. Just like Jeremiah, God knew me Before I was born, He chose me in spite of my weaknesses. He is with me, helping me, and working through me. And so God has used me and my family in ways, in Japan, in ways that I never thought possible. And I want to show you a quick video clip of one of the sermons I preached in Japanese. Um, I don't expect you to understand, but I'm going to, there's a point to this. If you can play that next しばらくするといくつかの必死な声が聞こえてきました私も助けてくださいこっちにも来てください3人乗りの船に6人も7人も入ってきましたそしてエイブのところに戻ったらあなたは本当にバカだねと叱られるかと思いましたが多分みんなエイブは絶対そんな悪い言葉は使わないと思っているかもしれないけど<笑>エイブンはあのガイドさんに助けてもらってよかったですねと優しく言ってくれました you know, I look at that video and I think sometimes is that really me? <laughs> like is that me there preaching in Japanese? the guy who got really bad grades at school? the guy who thought that he was a nobody and that God cannot use him? You know, that, that sermon, a young Japanese guy who,、um, in his 20s, and he goes, he lectures at a university, he watched that sermon online. It was the first sermon that he was exposed to. And the following week, he came to church, and he told me that he watched that sermon online, and for the very first time, he realized that he's a sinner and he needs God's grace. Shortly after that, he started to do Bible study with the pastor, and he was baptized at our church earlier this year. And so God used me in a way that I never, never thought possible. And it's not because I'm a special or a great influential Christian. I told you I'm a guy, struggles and bad grades at school. And so it is only because God is faithful and powerful, and He uses us, and He never abandons us. And so, like the Japanese song we sang earlier, 
God is able to use us in great ways if we would only trust Him, if we would offer up our hearts and our lives in service to Him. We can still be His lights in a spiritually dark time. And so from out of this group here tonight, I would love to see young people raising up their hands and saying, Lord, here I am, please use me. And I would love for you to know that God does have a special purpose for you, a special mission for your life. For those who follow Jesus, God has a special mission for you. He knew you before you were born. One of the most amazing moments in my life was, uh, go to the next picture, when I stood with my wife um, at Andrew's birth, and I could see his heartbeat on the monitor and hear his heartbeat on the monitor, and uh, then he came out finally, <laughs> and there I was watching him, like breathing his very first breath in this world. But the more amazing thing is that God knew little Andrew June way, way before the day of his birth. And the same goes for you. You looked similar to that many, many years ago. And God knew you before that. And he has a purpose for your life. And what is that purpose? First of all, your number one purpose in life is to be loved by God. A love that sent His Son Jesus to the cross to rescue you from a life of sin. You were made with the purpose to be loved by God. And so it's right for us to respond in thankfulness and obedience and worship. We don't want to reject this love of God that we so desperately need. When we reject God's love, it means that we are separated from God, that we receive punishment for our sins. And that is not what God wants for us, but that's what He will give us if we reject our true purpose, which is to be loved by Him and to respond to His love. But then it's not all like Jeremiah. God also has a special purpose for you to do something that only you can do. The school that you are going to, your age, your family situation, your personality, your strengths, your weaknesses, none of that is there by chance. God made you who you are, as you are, and He placed you where you are so that you can shine his glory, and make a difference for Him in this world. And so never say, I'm not good enough. Never say, I'm too young, too shy, too weak, too damaged to be used by God. Never say, I wish I was more like that person or this person. Because the way you are is known by God. And it's exactly how God wants to use you. So during my time in Japan, I was also involved in some worship leading. And over time, I discovered some really cool worship songs. And one of them is called Tsuchi no Utsuwa. And it, it basically means clay pot. And, and it says, I am a clay pot. And I, I want to go to the next slide. And I want you to listen to the song. And as the song plays, I'm going to translate and just read, read the words. I am a damaged clay pot with many holes, but through these holes the light of Jesus shines. 
I'm a damaged clay pot full of cracks, but through these cracks, the love of Jesus flows out. Even someone like me can be, can be used by you, Lord, for you love me as I am. Therefore, right now, I will respond to God's love with all that I am. Please use me, Lord, to do the things that only I can do for you. These words make me think of two New Testament scriptures that I want to read to you as we close off. Ephesians 2 verse 10. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. There's works, good works for you to do that, that God has prepared before you were even born. 2 Corinthians 4, 7. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. God really wants to use you. So maybe we can spend a few moments in quiet prayer and, and respond. Ask God to help us understand more of His purpose for us, to receive and enjoy His love and to do whatever it is that He's planned in advance for us to do. Just a few seconds of just praying in your heart. God, being a Christian who follows you isn't a very, always a very easy thing to do. Certainly wasn't easy for Jeremiah. It certainly isn't easy for many of us. But Lord, you are so worthy. Help us to remember that you know us, that you love us, that you are with us, that you have sent us to go and be your people in the midst of a people who do not truly know you or follow you. Lord, please give us hearts to feel and eyes to see what is most important in life, and that is to know you and to make you known. And so I pray for each person present, each young person, each older person, God, give each person a desire to serve you with everything that they are and to know that real joy, real happiness is found in serving you. And so God, raise up more gospel workers from out this group here tonight. Raise up disciple makers, missionaries, church planters, interns, youth leaders, faithful moms and dads, honorable workers who serve you in the workplace, Sunday school teachers, evangelists, young men and women who will stand for you, young men and women who would raise their hands and say, here I am, Lord, I'm weak, I'm bruised, I've made mistakes, but I know that you have planned good works for me to do, and with your help, by your grace, I want to do them. Lord, if there's a person, really, maybe someone who's stirring in their hearts, I pray that they would not let that go, Lord, but take it a step further. Speak to someone. Nurture the flame that you've put in their hearts. May you use churches, God. May you use youth groups in this city to make a difference for you. We 
who are weak and chipped and cracked and bruised but precious in your sight. Use us as a testimony of your grace. Take us, God, to those who need you. In Jesus' name, amen.